All right, guys, welcome, welcome back to. Yeah, welcome back. I guess we're back like we never left. We bigger and blacker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely bigger and blacker than I was. <laughs> yeah, definitely, like literally, actually. That word's been slimming down. Yeah, so he's not. Well, I guess he wasn't blacker. Yeah, he was the lighter one of us. But um, <laughs> we're gonna start off with our uh, mental health check-in. We've been going. For two months, we've been on a high, on a break. Uh, a lot of stuff has happened. Uh, we went and just for, to let the listeners know. We only we took a hiatus because of because of holidays and a lot was going on and people were out of town. And I think EJ, you were out of town for Thanksgiving. I was out of town for Christmas. So we just decided to take a break until the new year. So um, EJ, how you been this this two months? You've been off. Yeah, I mean it's been going and. Uh... You know, a month ago, I started that fitness uh, regimen with Isogenic, so it's going really well. I'm really um, getting closer to my goal. So, you know, things are good. Um, everything's aligned. Our 2021 already looks like it's going to be promising, so we'll see how that goes from there. But, I mean, for me, I had a good Christmas. Um, New Year's, I was asleep. I didn't even see the New Year. And you I didn't even see it? I was really? seven, you know eight, what? So. I actually called you to wish you a Happy New Year's. And I got up, so I let, now I know you were sleeping, so. <laughs> I slept through the new year. Um, I was watching the chilling adventures of Sabrina, I had champagne and playing Switch all at the same time. So I was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. At least we here, at least we here for it. Shar, uh, what about your uh, two month hiatus? Ooh, let's see. Um, been work, started, I, well, I've been working and I've been working with no vacation. So I've been, um, at work while everybody else is chilling for the Thanksgiving breaks and stuff like that. Um, my Thanksgiving and Christmas was pretty chill. Um, we we followed the quarantine re- requirements, but we just kind of stayed in our own house. Mm-hmm. Um, my um, brother-in-law and his um, now fiance actually came over um, oh, for Christmas and uh, huh? yeah, Congrats. Christmas and um, New Year. I mean Christmas and um, Thanksgiving. Um, we actually did a, a food exchange between my family, and so we all cooked something, and then we exchanged food and did it that way. Um, Christmas pretty chill. We decorated the house with all kind of poinsettias and Christmas trees, and you know, so that was, um, I guess, cool. <laughs> so, um, um, other than that, you know, I got the standard gifts of t-shirts and socks and drawers, you know, that everybody kind of get me every year. I don't know what they're trying to tell me. But um, other than that, yeah, I got oh, a huh? Your style is trash. I mean, apparently, yeah. So I got a cool gift from Daryl this year. Oh, my God. So, well, well, people who are listening can't can't see that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I guess they can't. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> so I got a pretty cool gift from um, and a very personal gift from Edwards. That I thank y'all for y'all gifts and everything. So pretty cool break, I guess. <laughs> also, my anniversary was I celebrated my anniversary. So. That was the last thing. I was about to say, you ain't even going to talk about the anniversary. Yeah. So. Um, so for me is my break ended, well, I mean, started really uh, exciting because um, my son was born yeah. 13th of November. And that was crazy because he came actually a week early than projected. And that whole experience, the whole hospital experience, I could, we could do a podcast on the whole hospital <laughs> experience alone. Um, <laughs> that happened but then you know we're getting used to an infant in the house and then thanksgiving uh 
we went to my uncle's house. We went to my uh, my in-laws' house. And then Christmas, we was we was in Florida. We just hung out for a week in Florida. And I did the, almost the same thing you guys did for New Year's. Almost, we were supposed to go out, but it's just like, what what can I do with a newborn? Am I going to hold the drink with, get the little strap with him on my chest <laughs> and drink with him? Like, it was just, how what was I going to do with him? And so we decided to stay home and um, bring in the new year. We were in separate rooms. I, I don't even know what I, I think I was on YouTube or something when, when it tried and just walked yeah. in. Like that Y'all didn't bring the new year together in the same room? Nah. Nah, <laughs> man. We old. We old, tired, have a, new, have a newborn. We all tired, man. <laughs> but um, the goals for the new year, uh, one of my biggest goals was I was going to get back into reading. I used to be a heavy reader and I kind of just stopped. So I just went out, bought a book. I bought Derek Rose's book uh, yesterday. And so that's going to be my first book that I that I read. The basketball player? Yeah. Oh, is it yeah. about? Okay. Yeah, I'm really into autobiographies, people's stories. So I, I read uh, Kevin Hart's book, Charlamagne the God's book, Tiffany Haddish, Issa Rae's. Like, I'm really into people's stories. Uh, Trevor Noah. So I read all their books. Kevin Noah was good. I like his back. His, his was pretty good. Yeah, and that's supposed to be a movie, Born a Crime. Mm-hmm. Um, was really good. Kevin Hart's. Uh, I, what I can't remember his book, but with the puppies when he had the puppies on the cover, I can't remember what yeah. it is. But that Tiffany, one was a really good book. Tiffany Haddish was good too. Hers was funny. Oh, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, Issa Rae's was really good. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to get back into reading. So Derek Rose, I said, was the first uh book that I was gonna pick up. And, and and start that journey. But another uh, kind of exciting thing that's happening this year or already started to happen is we see kind of a light at the end of the tunnel as far as this pandemic. Uh, uh, for the government doing Project Warp Speed sped up the process, the production of a vaccine. And we're basically getting from two companies, Pfizer and Moderna. Um, so basically the vaccine has has started to go out my wife actually she got an email from her job saying if you want to take the vaccine we got it so a lot of people i see a lot of people i have another close friend that's um that he took the vaccine he took the first part because it's two shots he took the first one but we also have a person that we all know who has covid and is kind of going through a rough time so this thing is extremely serious but we do see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we also see kind of a lot of skepticism about the, the vaccine. People are afraid. And I think black people rightfully so are skeptical about the government and the medical field. It's not black people's fault. It's really systematic racism's fault. It's really, really America's fault while we feel the skeptical about it. I want to start off with how do you guys feel about the vaccine personally? Just the whole development of it, y'all excited about it? Um, how do y'all feel about it? Don't all speak at once. So I um I don't have it like I mean of course to me how quickly it came about just raises questions not just about this vaccine but also about just a lot of things like right we can warp speed a COVID vaccine but cancer research is taking forever. Um, and HIV research is taking forever, a lot of different things, you know, it's, it almost seems like this is kind of like out of like 
the ordinary. So it makes you wonder whether or not these pharmaceutical companies are able to really do something other than what they're doing for some of these like uh, lifelong diseases or some of these other conditions. But I mean, I personally don't have an issue with the vaccine at all. Um, I think that it's really good that we're seeing um, the, you know, officials take them uh, via video just right. so that um, it can help to ease the mind of the public. But does it, let, let me let me interject, does it ease because you don't necessarily know what they're taking? To me, it's like, to oh, me, you. nothing. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I don't need to see Biden or, or Harris take it in public because that could be stage two. If I'm a skeptical, this doesn't make me not skeptical. I mean, it depends on your perspective. Like if you, it depends on your perspective. You may not need it. Some other people do. Like right. a lot of people have mentioned that them seeing the officials take it kind of like, is like, okay, like we can all, we can take this, especially Kamala Harris and some of the other people. Um, but yeah, like for other people, it does nothing for them. So right. I just think that, you know, we're at like a, a weird place in our country with the vaccine and, and where we are with COVID. Yeah, I want y'all to know I've been practicing Kamala Harris' name a lot, and she has helped me by saying that they call her Mamala Harris, so that I use that to help me. Make What's sure her I'm name again? Kamala. Kamala. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kamala Harris. Okay, good job. Yeah, because and you know what's also is that I'm a huge Marvel fan, and Miss Marvel is Kamala. So now I get the, now it messed me up even more. But yes, um, I've been practicing her name. So hopefully I say it that. But go ahead, Char. How do you feel about the vaccine? Um, I think I, I'm a, I'm science at heart. At heart. So and also I worked. I had the pleasure of working for Lockheed and working for NASA program as far as the space right. shuttle program. Right. So from that perspective, I'm aware of how much red tape is associated with working with government. Um, there's a lot of things that take takes years to do that probably can be done in months. So mm-hmm. I'm aware of the, the the paperwork associated with working with stuff in the government. So getting the vaccine at the speed that it got it wasn't too surprising to me, as long as the evidence and the science is there to show right. the scientific approach that they took to get to that point. Right. I, you know, that would make me comfortable with it. I understand why most people would be uncomfortable. So I'm, I'm not necessarily upset with the people who may be a little bit question, questioning right. the process. Right. Uh, right. For me, because I have an underlying condition, I'm going to be sliding into the hospital with my arms, my arm, my arm, my sleeve rolled up to get my shot because I just, I'm just not willing to take the risk that comes with the possibility of me actually getting COVID. So right. for me, I'm going to be one of the people that's in line. And then I, what I always say is I take so much medicine right now as far as um, being a, a transplant patient. So I can't imagine um, the COVID shot doing anything to me any different than what I'm currently taking right now. So, so. No, and I think that I think that what you said is very important because I think most people feel that way. Mm-hmm. And and it's really not a reason to be afraid of the vaccine. So mm-hmm. you brought up, because uh, somebody told me the same thing about cancer and HIV. For one thing, cancer is a mutation of the cells. It's not a virus. The vaccine is for a virus. Um, I understand about HIV. They was working on uh, the vaccines for HIV, but HIV medicine has came a long way. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. 
when we were kids, it was a death sentence. Now Mm -hmm. they have drugs that you don't even spread it anymore. So we kind of forget how, you know, how advanced our medicine is. Also, this is not a a vaccine that came out of nowhere. Everybody wants to talk about this. A miracle drug is not. What it is, is what they use for SARS. And then they, they use that theory to this. So basically, a vaccine, usually you get a dead or a small piece of the actual virus and your body learns how to fight it from that the, the dead um, piece of it. This is not. This is called messenger RNA. RNA, yeah. Basically, what it is, is it's, it's giving your body basically the cheat code to how to fight the virus. Yeah. Without it. So you're not getting the virus in the vaccine. There's no virus in the vaccine. It's basically a cheat code of how. So what it does is, it makes your own cells. If we all seen the coronavirus, it has those crowns, right? That's what yeah. that's where Corona comes from uh, in the name. It has these crowns. So what it does is your cells duplicate those crowns and your body sees, sees those crowns and say, oh man, that's not supposed to be here. Let me get rid of this. So then, and so then it learns to fight those crowns, but also with those crowns, if you do have coronavirus, it blocks the actual coronavirus from getting to the cell. Yeah. The other argument to that is that because of how you just explained it, people are concerned with the possibility of a mutation of those cells because of what the um, messenger RNA does. So that's that's been one of the arguments that I've been hearing people have in terms of the reason why they may not want to take it as well. So 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 people argue both sides where yeah yeah I'm okay with it. Then at the same time they're concerned as what the the long term effects of that may be as well. So. I mean, no, that makes sense. I haven't heard yeah. that argument. Um, that definitely makes sense. But it's the thing was, I think you said it earlier. Like, it's better to not get it. Like the 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 chances of damage that happen to actually get COVID mm-hmm. is more higher than the actual, you know, the vaccine. Yeah. Um, but to that response, like, how many black people that we know have know that much detail about the actual vaccine to make that determination? They that, don't. Oh, they don't. They don't. Like most people are looking at a title of an article um, and then going off of that without even like taking the time to educate themselves about it. So the majority, I will say, mm-hmm. of people, at least that I come in contact with, don't even know that much to say, oh, I'm not taking it. Yeah. But the thing about it is, to your point, Edward, that, that you have to take accountability for that as well as far as doing the research around deciding whether or not. And granted, that research may lead you to say that you're not comfortable taking it. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, to your point, we have to do the research and make decisions based off of sound, credible information and not necessarily off a of hearsay mm-hmm. of what you know, it's spread, the misinformation that's spread right now around the country. And the most popular thing now is to bring up the Tuskegee experiments. That's mm-hmm. that's the most popular thing. And I understand black people and their mistrust for the government. But Tuskegee experiment, I understand the only reason to bring it up is is to show that we don't trust the government. The mistrust, Anything yeah. else doesn't really com- correlate. So the Tuskegee experiment, just for people who don't know, was in 1932. It was the CDC and United States Public Health Service. They wanted to observe the natural history of syphilis in the black male. So some people said they gave them syphilis. No, they did not give them syphilis. They already had syphilis. They just wanted to see how it goes in your body. So they would they tricked people to thinking that um, they were getting free health care for life. 
and that they were treating them and they misdiagnosed. They didn't tell the people they had syphilis. They would just give them placebos and other medication they knew that didn't work just to see how it pro progresses in the body. Even when penicillin was created to fight against the syphilis is a, is a, a treatment to syphilis, they wouldn't give it to them. Not only would they not give it to them, they would tell doctors, if these people come in, don't treat them or give them placebo. Or if they went to the military, they would tell them, ask the military to reject them because the military would then find the syphilis and then treat it. So bringing up the Tuskegee experiments, the problem with the Tuskegee experiments is these people were lied to and not given a treatment. This is we're giving a treatment. Yeah. So it's a, and then this is lying to black males. This vaccine is given to everybody. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, to your point, I mean, the, the white man want to make sure he saved too. <laughs> so you know what yeah. I'm saying? So um, yeah. he like this is this is a I think also we need to understand that this is a global pandemic. Right. So this is not necessarily impacting black males or it's 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 impacting people of different nations, different cultures, different colors. Everyone is being impacted by this. So it's in everyone's interest in terms of the country, not only from a um, medical perspective, but also from a financial perspective, economic perspective. Right. There are so many um, um, businesses around the world that's closing down that's impacting the stability of our economies. Right, right. So whenever your money is being impacted, it's definitely an interest to actually try to get things up and running again. So that's another thing that people got to look at it more from a broader perspective than just necessarily your, the, the history that our country truly do, does have when it comes to um, us people, which is which is true. So yeah, And they deserve, they deserve that yeah. history. But um, my next question for y'all is 35% of Black people um, have said that they will not be taking the vaccine. They don't trust it, they will take it. Uh, Sharth, you already said that you will take it. EJ, will you, are you willing to take the vaccine? Yeah, I'm in line around the same time as Shamor, so I would definitely be taking it as well. How are you in line at the same time as Shar? Because I have an autoimmune <laughs> disease. Oh, I'm like, how did you jump the line? <laughs> um, for me too, I'm I'm actually pro vaccine. Um, I I take uh, cholesterol medicine. Um, because my cholesterol is genetic, just to keep it down. But not only that, I've also taken a flu shot because of uh, my son. I took a Tdap shot today, so I, I'm not today, but um, before he was born. So <clears throat> this is my first year taking a flu shot, and I just told myself I've never taken it before. I'm like, why do I need to take it? I've never even got the flu. But if I can prevent other people from getting it, like I could prevent my son from getting it, it ain't about me. It's about what I pass on. I'm pretty healthy. So I'm not really concerned about myself. I'm concerned about me passing it on to other people. So yes, I'm very uh, pro-vaccine. If, if all the data, which I think uh, Moderna said it was 95% effective, I think Pfizer said 90%. Mm. Um, <clears throat> if all the data is correct, I don't understand why you wouldn't take it because what is the alternative? And I guess that puts me into my next question is for people who don't want to take it for these 35 people 35 percent of black people who don't want to take it what is the alternative then um you know what it's funny because i have two people that i know um that actually was offered well actually well three that was offered the vaccine and two to three chose not to take it 
and they work in environments where they are exposed to the virus on a daily basis. Right. So I guess for me, I'm like, well, I get your concern as far as, and actually, honestly, their concerns didn't have anything necessarily to do with any type of sound medical evaluation on their own. It was just more based off of the same that we always hear with the um, Tuskegee experiment, that's pretty in, in, in those things, but never really any sound research on their own to say, based off of what I found, this is what I'm not gonna do. So honestly, I don't. I think it's just more hearsay that's forcing people to say, I'm not gonna take it, as well as the history of our country that's driving people to say, okay, I, I don't trust it, I'm not gonna take it because I've been screwed before. And well, I was gonna say people understand that laws have been changed. That 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 type of uh, observation is illegal. And yeah, that's true. But and granted, I don't think people have a solution as to what's if I don't take it, this is what I'll do. But that that's the I guess it comes down to the responsibility of our country to put people at ease and kind of educate people and provide information um, as far as what they should do now. One of the solutions I think is, and I've heard this on NPR, and our people respond more to a one-on-one situation. So when you go to your doctor and your doctor gives you the information, we typically trust our doctor when it comes to those situations more so than the the crowd saying, go ahead and take it. But at the same time, we know that most of our people have issues with going to the the doctor. So it's like, I don't know, you know, what the... What is the solution? No, I don't know. Or what's the alternative? I, I I would like to hear it, but I don't know what it is. Well, we do know the alternative. We didn't listen. Go ahead, AJ. Yeah, this is so frustrating talking to to uh, <laughs> to black people sometimes because they have all these like conspiracy theories that mm-hmm. and yes, the government has failed us time and time again. I'm not going to be any single. Per- I'm not going to be the person to say that that's not a truth. That's the truth that we have to live with and we continue to live with. Absolutely. Even though laws have been created to even out the plane, it doesn't always work in our favor. So I agree to that as well. But people that are like, oh, well, the Tuskegee experiments or all of this, any other thing, because there were a lot of other things that happened in history as well, which mm-hmm. they can't even account. They can't even tell you the facts of that. Like they just right. know the title because they've heard it and other people have said it. So for me, the issue is that people are not thinking smart. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say not thinking smart, right? Because we are already at a disadvantage. If you talk about healthcare and health, we're already behind almost every other race in the country because we don't utilize healthcare. Mm -hmm. We don't do preventive care as we should. So Mm -hmm. now here's something that can help us have, we of course want to have our own table, right? But this is going to give us a seat at the table to help to kind of protect us as a community and we're here like oh well i don't know if i'm going to take it because of whatever happened in the past like yes i get it and i understand everyone's comfortability is different and that rightfully so but if we want to be able to survive like look at everyone else around us i'm not saying just do what everyone else does i'm saying do your research understand what's happening with it understand what it's about and what the effects or what the warnings or whatever the side effect might be but make a decision off of that. If, if at that point you decide, no, this is not the best route for me, then fine. But don't make it off of like some like false narrative that isn't the truth right now. Especially that you probably heard from an article that's not credible or you heard from somebody on Facebook that uh, 
that just just spreading their opinion to have no idea. This is the real reason that black people should get the vaccine. First of all, like I think it's Chicago alone, 70 percent of the deaths were black people, even though they're 30 percent of the population. Well, yeah. why that? Why is that? That's simple. You just said something, EJ. The healthcare system. We don't take that advantage of it. Most of us, some not most of us. I'm sorry. Uh, some of us don't even have health insurance. We don't even do preventative care. We don't go for the checkups um, that we're we're supposed to do. Um, another thing is living conditions. Most mm-hmm. poor Black people. What are we? We're strictly on top of each other. So that means when a virus comes, it wipes the whole it wipes the whole community because we're we're all living on top of each other. That's why a New York can get hit at the very beginning because everybody's on top of each other yeah. in New York. Um, other than this is underlying medical conditions. You guys just talked about you guys, but also we're dealing with stuff at, in our 40s that like white people are dealing with in their 60s. So heart condition, diabetes, like all this stuff uh, having to do with. And then the one of the biggest thing I don't think, and Shari, you kind of alluded to this, is a lot of us are working essential jobs. Yeah. A lot of us are doing jobs that, I mean, I'm blessed that I can work from home, but a lot of us are are doing jobs that we have, like we're working in production, we're working in the grocery store, we're working as nurses, where we we can't work from home. Uh-huh. And so if we're going to interact with these people, then we're, we're facing with COVID every day. And also, I guess to add to what you were saying, I think one point that was, there is a, there's economic disparities between um, us and other, other um, races right. that forces us to not be have access access to foods that would prevent us from having underlying conditions. So there is a layered reason as to why we're at a disadvantage with this um with this um virus. But the solution to it is is is, is to not not do anything. It's for you to still use the resources that's available to you as far as doctors are. But the other half of that is to actually do your own research to make sure that you're informed and don't necessarily accept what your doctor is telling you. Because for me, whenever I go to the doctor's office, I ask a lot of questions until I get to the point where I am comfortable right. with what the doctor is saying. And I think sometimes, um, I know I have my own mother-in-law sometimes where she goes to the doctor's office where typically someone has to be there with her because to get up, to get to make sure that she understands or you have an understanding as far as what's going on with the doctor. So we have to make sure, we have to, we have to train our people for them to know that when you go to the doctor's office, make sure you ask as many questions. Don't feel like you should be intimidated. Make sure you ask as many questions that you can in order for you to be able to understand what's going on. And that's the same approach that we need to take with this virus. Ask as many questions in this vaccine. Ask as many questions until you get an understanding and then make your decision from there. Yeah, because most things with the medical field, like they say, like when my wife was pregnant, we heard a lot of Black women's mortality rate when it comes to pregnancy. And it's not that white or doctors just say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to target black women. It's more or less that they don't understand our culture, they don't understand our background. So when we say certain things like hurt or something, they kind of, whatever, they kind of dismiss it. And then it turns into something bigger. And this is why I told my wife when we were looking for the OBGYN, I told her the only requirement I'm asking her to do is have a black woman. Because if I'm having a by us having a black woman, she understands her struggle, her culture, the way she thinks, her background more than a white person. So when I say this, you have to build a relationship with your doctor. Like, even though my doctor's a white guy and I trust him, 
I talked to him, just like you said, Shara, I asked some questions and I talked to him, even when I asked him, I asked him very early on about the vaccine. And he, he was just like, um, before I recommend it to anybody, I just want to see the date on it. That's all he told. He didn't say yay or nay. He just said, I wanted to see the date on it, but this is a guy I trust. This is a guy who knows me. He knows uh, the cholesterol, you know, battles that I had. And um, he knows that my wife's pregnant. He knows my family. You know what I'm saying? So it's also building a relationship because it's just a two-way streak. It's not that the doctor just tells you what to do and you do it. No, it's a relationship. And you can also fire him and decide not to do it. So and I'll you... add on to that. Um, Go ahead. So also another thing, and, and this is not just for Black, this is just in the United States in general. Like our mentality has changed. Like, like our old school values of community are not the same. So everyone is all about just themselves. So no one's thinking Absolutely. about the next person. So that again is another reason why in the Black community, a lot of things pass around so much because we're only just concerned about ourselves. So we're okay, then we're good, then I'm good. It doesn't matter if the next person is getting right. sick. It doesn't matter if the next family is getting sick. So like, I think that that's a big thing that is a problem to this, right? So people always are like, okay, well, it's herd immunity to certain things. So I won't worry about doing vaccine. In this instance, we don't have that. But in other cases, there are, right? So for the mm -hmm. oftentimes for flu, for uh, chicken pox, for things like mm -hmm. that, we have built up herd immunity. So mm -hmm. most people are not gonna get it. So it's not common, but that's the mentality that people go with. Oh, well, if a majority of people do it, then it, I don't need to do it because then I know that, you know, we all have built it up together, but we're not really thinking about the next person. So that's one of the things that we kind of need to think about. Okay, yeah, I need to worry about myself and how it's gonna affect mm -hmm. me, but how does me not taking it affect my family that I live with or the my people that I live school with? Because kids are now going, right. they're going back to school in different capacities sometimes. Um, and here they are going face to face unless they mm -hmm. have changed, but they're, no, they, going, they're going face to face. Okay, so it's like, they're, going face, they're going face to face. We can not only got to think about our family, but our family spreading it to other people. We have to think about in that way too. And you brought up a point that, hold on, sorry, and I'll let you speak. You brought up a point I want to talk because I've heard this too. Herd immunity. Herd immunity is a stupid concept because you have to have 75% of the population to have gotten this and then beat it. Do you know how many deaths there's going to be? Do you know how many, like, what huge a number 75% of the United States is? How many people are going to die from that? So herd immunity is so stupid. And it was a, a pastor, I, I forgot where he was at, but he was he was telling his congregation, just get COVID just and get it over with. Like, <laughs> like what? Th that yeah, thinking, is, that herd immunity topic and theory is so idiotic and so stupid. And people say that until somebody or their family gets affected by this. Go ahead, Char. I guess also, I just want to clarify, um, the, this, the mistrust is not necessarily with the poor, uneducated, and the Black. It's, it's across the board. It's with the educated. It's with the uneducated. It's with Black. It's like every, there's a lot of people mistrust. So, you know, and so it's just that we just got to, just do our research and don't just go off of misinformation. That's but, the, all I but also, yeah. <laughs> you guys, the solution we uh, the the we tried to give a solution. Nobody wanted to do it. Solution could have been uh, wear your mask for for two months. Like what do you say? Ninety percent of people or ninety five percent of people wear masks. They will save thirty thousand lives, and you didn't do it. 
So like we was in a lockdown and you were getting videos of house parties and block parties. How many videos did we see of some white old white lady flipping out at the store because yeah. they told her to wear a mask? The solution was there and you didn't do it. So if you're not going to do it, this is the way the vaccine is the only way to get to uh, get back to normal life. Are you guys personally afraid of the vaccine? Um, I was at first um, because the it happened around the same time that I was quarantining for other reasons as well. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was a little paranoid in the very beginning. But I think as time went on, I felt I knew that it because if I did what I needed to do as far as follow the procedures that was being told to me as far as washing my hands, um, having hand sanitizer, um, wearing a mask, staying your six six feet away that. I had the tools necessary for, um, I guess, trying to make sure I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So if something were to happen to me, I knew at least I did everything I needed to do right. to make sure that I was taking the precautions I needed to take. Like even, like, even right now, I'm one of those people where I have to go to work, you know what I'm saying, because of the, of the, um, the industry that, I, that I'm in. Right. So I, I know that's a risk, but at the same time, I take the necessary steps that I feel I need to do to make sure that I, I stay safe. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Right, what about you, EJ? Um, I mean, you know, there's, for me, the concern is of course more data. Um, it's still a newer vaccine, but it wouldn't discourage me from the results that we have now, wouldn't discourage me from the vaccine itself right now. It was com- <laughs> kind of the same thing with like the H1N1 vaccine mm-hmm. that we had coming. It was, I mean, obviously not as catastrophic as this has been, but, it was, you know, generated very, fairly quickly. Um, and then, you know, everyone was scared to take it. And so then we, people were waiting for, you know, the results and see what, how effective it was going to be, what the, you know, the side effects were going to be. So it's very much the same. I think with any, any new, uh, any new drug, any new vaccine, any new medicine, it's kind of, you have skepticism at first, but if the data is there that supports it, what I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight that. Yeah, I think people saw I Am Legend and, and just kind of ran with it. <laughs> like, they, like, somebody even brought up that I Am Legend. I'm like, that's a movie. Like, if we're going to do movies, then Godzilla should be coming out of the water any minute now. Um, I think, but it's funny you say that, but I really do believe that that's a lot of, just like the, uh, we, we, we quote the um, Tuskegee experiment, I believe movies really have altered people's perception of reality and fantasy in terms of what can really truly happen from a total scientific and limited environment in comparison to a movie where we kind of push the 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 um the boundaries of what can actually be ha- happen in a real situation. So, I mean, if that's the case, then I need to be worried every day that there's some space battle in a far ga- uh, galaxy yeah. for the Infinity Stones and half of the universe is going to be wiped out. Or I would never live in New York. I mean... Oh, yeah, everything happens. <laughs> I would never live in New York. It's just... Like we're doing stuff that has like remember 5G was a huge thing at the beginning of coronavirus. It was five. Yeah. It was a conspiracy. And now you hear nothing about 5G. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm afraid in this sense. I have anxiety about almost anything. So my anxiety doesn't like because I have anything. Why would this be any different? Yeah. But I look at it in this sense. Why would what kind of business would survive by killing off their clientele? Right. Mm-hmm. 
So people are saying the government wants to kill it. No, they don't. They want your money. No, they don't. Like 5G, why would 5G try to kill you? They want your money. Like they can't get your money if, if they kill you. No, so so I kind of think of it logically as that. But also I want to go back to my normal life, man. I want to go, like we have a friend that has a wedding today and it's virtual. I think virtual is trash. I think it's just, remember people are talking about the baby shower, uh, my baby shower being um, virtual. No, virtual is trash. I don't want to do that. It's boring. Have you ever had the happy hour at work? Happy hour during Zoom? It's trash. Like, like, just tell us how you really feel, Daryl. That's trash. That's why I don't show up. It's trash. So, the only way to go back to our normal lives, like, uh, unless we're gonna just be hermits stuck in the house for the rest of our lives, um, I mean, the positive outweigh the good. The best thing to not worry about coronavirus is to never get it. And I feel like if I see people on my social media almost begging coronavirus to attack them with their <laughs> antics. I'm just like, why? Yeah. It's like, why would I? Because we've seen videos, people at the clubs, people at like, like, just wilding. And 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 I don't want to be a hypocrite because we had our wedding. Our wedding wasn't virtual. Our wedding, but we tried to do every precaution we did. But it was still a chance coronavirus could have happened. But this is the only way we're gonna get back to our normal. Life. Are you cracking up? Oh, okay. <laughs> just asking for coronavirus. You got a visual of people just like freaking out. Oh, they're, they're just standing at the cliff, like come on, just just get me. And it's just like, dude, I'm like, like I get sometimes worried about people when I watch this stuff. Like I try to check on people because I'm a little worried about them because I'm like, yo, you are wilding. You are wilding, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it, 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 that that does scare me because it's like, do you really understand? And I think maybe youth have a lot to do with it. Like we're young, we just think it's not going to impact us. But man, yeah, it's not about you. I mean, who are you around, and who want to be around you? You know. And granted, let me say this because we all get cabin fever, and you can only quarantine for so long until you that you decide right. to take a risk, right? Which is more enough reason for us to move forward. If, you, if you're going to put yourself out there like that, then that should be more encouragement for you to go ahead and take the, take the vaccine. Or at least you do know? the proper research yeah. to make a sound decision. Like, that's yeah. fine if you still, you want to wild out and you don't want to take it. That's your guy getting right. But at least make a, a sound decision to not take it. Don't just sit there and, and, and read some article from Joe Blow and just mm -hmm. and, and take that as the gospel. But that actually uh, moves me to my next question to you guys. Should taking the vaccine be mandatory? So when I say mandatory, I do not mean the government. I, I don't even want the government to have that power. It'd be an upbringing because people got to enforce that. And that's another thing you got to have police officers to enforce. And I don't want that. I'm more talking about businesses, your jobs. I'm talking about if you want to go to a concert, if you want to go to a sporting event, they're saying, Hey, you got to have this proof that you took the vaccine. Do you think that should be mandatory? But isn't it already a rule that our, our law that the employers can, like, if the employers can mandate that you have Yeah, depending on, yeah, especially depending on the business that you're in. So if you work for, like, old folks' homes or you're at schools or you're in a hospital, some employers, yeah. Yeah, because I'm driving back and forth to work, I've been listening to a lot of NPR now. And they had an eight, they had an eight. Huh? How many times you gonna tell us that? But I'm using that for this reference of you know. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that 
Um, there was an HR representative on NPR, and from their perspective, their goal is to protect their workforce. Right. So from that perspective, they can they can instruct people, they can make it mandatory to take the vaccine. And if someone pushes against that, the logic they can use is that because I feel like that you're a risk to my business or the overall people who choose to work, right. that's my driving force to say that you that you um that I that you I can relieve you of your um bit or fire you. Right. Um the only of course um argument to that if it's for you're taking it for religious reasons. But then that becomes the definition of what's considered religious. So, you know, so yes, I think businesses are going to start moving in the direction of saying that it's mandatory, but there's going to be a lot of civil lawsuits or that's going to come along with it that's going to, that's going to kind of, you know, make that a little more difficult. Well, white people, oh. Oh, they shit. Um, Exactly. <laughs> so, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. All right. What about you, EJ? I think uh, I think it'll be difficult to do that. Um, just like you said, um, I think definitely for you know um, industries that come into contact, of course, with elderly, you know, schools, hospitals, things like that. Um, I think it should definitely be like a mandatory type of thing, which mostly it is. Um, but I think it would be difficult for other businesses to try to implement the same thing because mm -hmm. they don't have necessarily the same level of risk. Right. Um, and their workforce may not really be down for all that. So I think it's kind of like a fine line um, for that. Right. So I, I agree. Know, yeah, I don't know if there can be, a, you know, something that allows this all businesses to do it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think it's a slippery slope. First of all, I don't want anybody telling what you can and can't do with your own body and what you put in your body. Um, like with my company, it's a software company. So it's a little hard for my company when all of us working from home anyway, to mandate um, us to do it. I am wary about like, like you said, when they're dealing with people like, like, like um, nursing homes where the elderly successful of passing but also with teachers because the cdc is not mandating for not recommending people under 18 to get the vaccine so that means if you're going to be around kids then the teacher should definitely get it right mm -hmm. so i don't know if it's necessarily should be mandatory for like workforce but i kind of feel like it should be mandatory for like like entertainment like for concerts and and uh -huh. sporting events and I do kind of feel like, because if you go back to sport and just think about how it was, it's all jam packed people all on, on top, again, all on top of each other. Um, it's just, how do you, how do you go? Cause you can't have another, we can't have another year. Like we had this year. Yeah. We can't do it. Our economy will, will collapse. We can't like even co some colleges said we have to have fans next year. We cannot go another year like this. Um, and for us to have those entertainment, because it's not your right to go to concerts, not your right to go to a football game or a mm -hmm. basketball game. So yeah. to let you in the building, I know Ticketmaster uh, was talking about it. Basically, it's either a paper that you show or there's an app being developed that you like. They scan the app and it shows mm -hmm. that you you got the, the test also shows your history of the coronavirus. So if you had it in the past, it shows all that. I do kind of feel like maybe like like let's just say 
Arthur Blank with the owner of the Atlanta Falcons should, for you to come in, have to have the vaccine because it's so close quarters. Yeah. With Don't random think people. That's going to change the, that the, just now how the dynamic of how it is is going to change how they allow fans to come and view mm -hmm. sporting events. So there already will be precautions for that. I, I think we're going to, when we, especially when we get into sporting events, um, concerts, things that are, there are things where people are, um, it's an at-will thing. Like if they want to go, they can go. If they don't, they don't. It's not like you have to go to those. I think you're going to lose revenue and you're going to lose fan base um, for the most part. But then also I think you're going to start to infringe upon rights, right? If you're showing, telling people, oh, in order to go to this concert, you have to go and have a vaccine. And of course, I hope that everyone would get the vaccine, but we know that that's not going to be right. feasible or true. But I think it's going to kind of infringe upon that. But this is why I disagree uh, because I use it's we have historical context with this 9-11 right when 9-11 happened that the, first of all the air industry travel took a huge hit everybody was afraid to travel they have to build the trust in it but when they also came back to make sure 9-11 never happened again security beefed up this is why they you know we're all in Atlanta this is why they tell us to go to the airport what two three hours before Mm -hmm. because you have to get through that security so yeah at first it might be a minor it might be an inconvenience but for our safety and not only for for your safety but other people's safety this might be something we have to get with but also going to concerts right now is trash going to sporting events not concerts but uh, sporting events is trash because first of all you have long lines for everything why because you can't just get soda like you used to just go get soda by yourself. No, there's a, somebody has to pour the soda for you. So now you're having these long ass lines. So if you don't want to get the vaccine, if you don't want to make that mandatory, now you got that. Now you can only have like 40% of, of the capacity there because people can't sit next to each other. So which one do you kind of want then? Yeah. You know and what that's what's frustrating to me. Like people always say you're infringing on my rights, but with having freedom comes sacrifices that you have to make in order to maintain that freedom. Right. And like, like, okay, if you want, okay, you can't say I don't want to wear a mask, but then want to walk in the store maskless when the business say you have to wear a mask. Like, it doesn't work both ways. And I think that's the part where people are going to have to kind of, um, you know, reason with themselves with that, like in terms of saying, you, like, I want to, you, you, we want to go to these places, but in order for us to go to these places, we have to do these things. And it's not your right to go to Walmart. And it's not your That's right not to go right. to these restaurants, you know, these places. Yes, right. you have to eat. But, like, but so if you want to eat, this is what you have to do. And I don't understand the big fight of, you know, the, the fight that we put up just for, the, for being able to do something that, that really other people in other countries are still incapable, uh, unable to do. You know what I'm saying? That's so, right. and, yeah. and people other countries doing way serious shit than we doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been having businesses say no shirt, no service. Like, yeah. so to sit here and act like this is some new concept, it's just, it's just not realistic, man. And we have to take personal responsibility. The reason I'm saying um, maybe these places should be mandatory is because we're not taking personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's because we had an opportunity to show we're taking personal responsibility and we didn't want to do it. Like you said, EJ, earlier, we're individualistic. We're like, we're good. So you need to get good. So like, we're only Americans when we're going against black people. 
<laughs> we only care about being a whole united. Because every time a black person says something, they're gonna be like, we're Americans. You're not African-American, you're American. That's the only time we care about being Americans. Now Now that it's not just against black people, now we're all individualistic and only care about ourselves. We're animals. We're the radical liberal. <laughs> um, one thing I do want to talk, I have a, a, one more question for you guys. Um, so two of us have, have had our bank accounts stimulated. And I was like, none of us lost a paycheck. All of us have been fairly working during the pandemic. And the Senate voted to give us $600. When at the beginning of the pandemic, they gave us $1,200. How do y'all feel about that? Because I'm gonna say like, because we were good, I felt really bad for other people. I was thinking about the person who lost their job, who's struggling and only got 600. And and you see other countries, I think Canada was giving like two grand or something like um, other countries were giving way more how do y'all feel about the government giving the 600 and is that actually helping during these uh, pandemic times? I think our patriotism, the irony of our patriotism is just amazing, I guess, to me. Because here we are, we are Americans, we care for our Americans, pay your taxes and do this and that. And the moment where we take care of our government and then we need our, then we need our government to take care of us, that they're not there. And I think that's the most frustrating part that that I have. And then it impacts Black folks even more because we're already, um, we, we've been impacted the most because of the jobs that we have. And so it's even more frustrating to see not only non-Black Americans suffering in our country not caring about us, but even our own people that are suffering and they're not willing to give us that relief. While these Senate's um, members and these representatives goes back to their homes where their lights are on, their rent is paid, and they're not worried about whether next how they're going to pay their rent and these things. Where we have America, the Americans that they're supposed to be serving, struggling and figuring out what's supposed to happen next. Well, not even that. Also, that they're making one hundred thirty thousand a year with free healthcare. They'll our taxes. Yeah, with our money. Let's add that. Add that to it. With the money that we pay, we pay you to represent us. Yep. And, and you and you lose track of what that what you're supposed to do. So as you collect your check weekly from the taxes that we've paid, you don't feel that it's an obligation to make sure that you take care of us. Especially our, that, like the most like we're just going to take Atlanta and I'll let you uh, talk after this, EJ. Uh, our rent, 600 is not even half of our rent. Mm-hmm. So to sit here and think that like 600 would would be feasible to somebody who's really struggling, especially who came off off the holidays, is is baffling to me. I thought it was funny that Trump said, uh, "Give the people two thousand and then Nancy Pelosi was like, "Cool, let's give yeah, them two thousand." And the Republicans <laughs> was like, "Nah, fam, like, <laughs> like, well, go ahead, EJ." Yeah, no, I definitely. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of things about our government that's all, that's disappointing. I think this is another. <laughs> another time that it's kind of disappointing and kind of embarrassing, especially when we, again, talk about the response from other countries that are poorer than we are mm-hmm. um, as a country, right? Um, so it's, I mean, but at this time, I think anything's better than nothing, but I think that there definitely could be more that could be done um, to help the people that are, are really struggling and have been impacted the most by it. Yeah, and that's why voting uh, for people in Georgia, voting 
um, for the Senate is extremely important. If you're pissed off about 600, then you might want to check the people you're voting for because um, the Republicans, I mean, Kelly and David Perdue are for 2000 now because Trump said it. But when it was on the floor, they weren't. They were voting against it. So if if Kelly and Sen- if, and David Perdue win, uh, I mean, be happy with your 600 because that might be all you see. So just be smarter with uh, who we vote in. Like we really need to see something like a lot of people were talking about Mitch McConnell and why does Kentucky keep electing him? Like Kentucky needs to take a really good look at themselves and why we keep electing, you know, this dude when he's the one that vetoed even the vote to have 2000, they didn't even get to, to the vote. And also I want this Mitch McConnell, I'm glad you say that he's really the evil one. Like people focus on Trump. The person you need to focus on is Mitch McConnell because he has no problem going against Trump when if when it's when at the end of the day it's gonna impact what he feels is unnecessary for the American people. Right. Because if it and that's at the end of the day, people, well, I won't I won't even say that. You're they just everyone in office is gonna do what's best for their self-interest. And it goes back to what Edward said is that we're all individual, we have individualism mm-hmm. and it's no different from the people that we elect. Um into our own to represent us so just yeah but i would say that for people listening to this man do your research i'm not telling you take the vaccine or not it's it's your choice but please do sound research before you do it but if you do or not man wear a mask i like what joe biden said well, he wants us to wear a mask for our first hundred days in office um and let's just that's the only way we can beat this thing man if you don't want to do the vaccine then you kind of need to do your responsibilities as it that's their only two options yeah some i was talking to somebody and it was i was asking them what was the solution they was like well i wish coronavirus wouldn't have happened yeah that's true that's an <laughs> ideal world we all wish it didn't happen but it, but it is anyone that would wish that it happened like yeah it happened so what do we do now um guys please 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 i'm not telling people to stand uh, do what you're comfortable with but also do it safely do it safe precaution wear your mask six feet away um i think people are misinformed like uh saying like oh i can get you can get coronavirus from anyone yeah it's a little bit more complicated than that you're not like shark could have coronavirus and i'm i'm we're both in the grocery store walk past each other that's not going to have let me get it like and and that's what people think like oh anybody can get it yeah anybody's not contagion yeah it's (laughs) not contagion you don't see you gotta sit long times with people and and they do with the 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 water droplets in the air or somebody cough or sneeze on you or you touch a surface and then touch your face. So we just need to be smart. The only way to combat it is by knowledge, be logical, be smart, wear your mask, uh, social distance when you can. If, if events look too sketchy, too many people too close, get up out of there. So that's, right. my, <laughs> that's, my, that's my PSA. Um, that's it for, for you guys got anything before we close out? Georgians, don't forget to vote in the election. January 5th is the actual day that you have to vote. Make sure that we are trying to secure the Senate. Yeah, and don't listen to the the, the, the Save America commercial, BS commercials that, that come out, man. Vote, vote for your interest. Vote for, if you pissed off about the stimulus check, if you pissed off about the response to the COVID, like this is the time to voice your opinion. And don't think that as soon as you vote somebody that that's the end all be all, man, demand. Be up in, in Buddy's face. Let's just say John Ossoff wins. He ain't doing what we want him to do. Be up in his face. 
like holla at him go to his wife's uh hospital holla at her like you ain't got to uh just take whatever they doing uh, i want to take this time to talk Poor white trunks. <laughs> oh yeah, vote, that vote your interest, people. Vote your interest. Yeah. Um, I'm almost scared to do this, but I'm gonna try it anyway. Shar, you're gonna do our social media. Follow us <laughs> on Facebook. That is written down, man. Follow us on Facebook, on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, Less of a Man Podcast. Our Facebook, Less of a Man. We're on Instagram at Less of a Man Podcast. We're on Anchor. We're on Apple. We are on all of the platforms that you can possibly think of. Um, go ahead. This is our, some of our old content. We really have, no, all jokes aside, we really have some good content on YouTube and all the channels. So if you can, get a chance to um, listen to our content. We'll try to break it down into little smaller doses that you can listen to. So, but we really do have some good content, and we really ask for your support. So, are we on OnlyFans too? We are. No, we are not on OnlyFans. You're not gonna see. <laughs> you're not gonna see any of this. No, Lesson Man, <laughs> Man Podcast is not on OnlyFans. So we we're not there. We are not there. We are. <laughs> Maybe I, if EJ lose a more weight. Well, maybe you know what? Maybe EJ got OnlyFans. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he the only like. <laughs> but maybe when he lose some more weight, huh? his ideal weight we might start OnlyFans. Uh-huh. I mean, his Facebook page is getting very OnlyFanish. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna. If I drop these pounds, oh, I'm like. I can't, I can't scroll through Facebook and then like all of a sudden see like a close-up photo of um, like every day. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I can't so keep mad. doing this. Why is he so mad? So. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for us. We'll see you next time. Peace.